The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and uh, wonderful to talk with you again uh, this week. I hope uh, you're all well, and uh, uh, pleased that you're tuning in to uh, the Business Elevation Show. And today, uh, we're going to be talking about the leader's mindset, about how to win in the age of disruption with my guest, Terence Maori. But before we talk to Terence, um, I'd just like to kind of say a, a big thank you uh, to uh, Jared Nichols, who was recently on the show, um, who um, was talking about... Uh, about the future and about um, about strategy, kind of in the boardroom to deal with the future. And it just felt like this would be a really great uh, follow-up interview. And last week, we repeated a show with uh, with Jeff um, B. Cohen um, as well, which was uh, on um, on deal-making. And that was a really fun show that I love doing with Jeff. Um, so to today's show, and, you know, how is it that some leaders are, are able to enter a marketplace and just completely disrupt it. And we'll all know of lots of examples of companies who've done that and completely shaken up a marketplace. You know, we've talked before about Google and Apple and, and organizations, Facebook, and companies that weren't here very long, you know, a decade ago, and suddenly they've changed everything. Um, I've also got a great example that I love to talk about at the moment, which is my soccer team, which is Leicester City uh, in the United Kingdom. Uh, last year, incredibly, they were bottom of the Premier League at this time, and they were fighting for survival. And 12 months later, with great leadership, they might actually do the unthinkable and even win uh, the Premier League, uh, which is uh, a story that is gathering pace all over the world. The story of their star striker is now attracting the attention of Hollywood movie producers and go to a match and you're going to hear everyone chanting the name of the manager, Claudio Ranieri. Um, not sure how often that happens in corporate companies, um, but uh, it's certainly happening here in Leicester at the moment. Now, according to my guest, uh, Terence Maori, um, it's time to rip up the rule book on leadership and it's suggesting uh, with the, the evidence that we're seeing that uh, there is a, a wave of, of change going on. And the future belongs to a mindset that is wired differently. Now, Terence is the author of The Leader's Mindset, How to Win in the Age of Disruption. And we're going to discuss today um, the hearts and minds of visionaries, risk takers and pioneers who uh, according to Terence, pursue moonshots. We'll find out more about what that is uh, shortly, uh, which are revolutionary ideas that rewrite how business is done. Now, Terence Murray is an, a high demand um, as a, an Inc. magazine top 100 leadership expert. He's a keynote speaker and author and advisor to top organizations around the world. 
Um, I've heard that uh, attending his uh, events are a bit like a cerebral equivalent of attending a gym, uh, full of energy, tools, lots of ideas to tone up your thinking and create breakthrough ideas. Incredibly, he's got a community of over 65,000 Twitter followers. Uh, His keynote talks uh, are inspiring and they're aimed to uh, generate immediate action. He's a mentor for an organization called Future Ideas, which involves uh, some of the world's biggest thinkers like Dan Pink, Richard Florida and Rita McGrath. He's also a lead host for NineOthers.com, which is a successful forum for connecting entrepreneurs around the world. He's spoken at organizations including McLaren, Google, B-Sky-B and many, many more. Uh, So a huge welcome uh, to uh, Terence Mowry. Chris, thank you for having me. Really excited to be on your show. You're very welcome. A, a real pleasure. Uh, now, Terence, I hope you don't mind you've been a bit cheeky here, but I heard that uh, you occasionally get mistaken for Jose Mourinho, the former Chelsea manager. Uh, so do you want to tell us a bit about uh, your Italian descent? Yes, this is true. And uh, <laughs> recently, uh, I have had people coming up to me saying, cheer up, Jose. And uh, <laughs> yes, we know why. So my background, as you say, actually comes from Italy. My father is from Rome. And I'm very passionate about the Italian way of life. I love the uh, Prime Minister, Pan Matteo Renzi, who's a young Prime Minister with a really fresh Uh, zest for life who wants to make a lot of change in Italy but um, for me I always smile when I go to Italy because of the warmth and the hospitality Um, I actually live in London so you know what it's like you're the center of your own universe when I go to Italy for the first day or two I'm still British so very polite very accommodating loving to queue or create queues of people and it's almost impossible to get a cappuccino in the morning you know, I'm saying sorry to all the other customers and, and waiting my turn. And inevitably, it, the cappuccino doesn't arrive. So after day two, I then become Italian. You know, much more physicality. The, the volume of the voice goes up. Hey, Giuseppe, andiamo. And then it's much easier to get a cappuccino. So, uh, you know, I think traveling around the world, being passionately curious these are so important for um, staying alert and being ready to disrupt. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember my first time that I ever that I moved down to London. I, I'm from the north of England, and uh, from a steel town. And I was my first day in a queue. I was working on a, a year out of my university degree, and I started saying hello to everybody in the queue. And they just looked at me like I was a complete idiot. <laughs> and, and that was like going to a different world for me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always something. I think you learn so much about yourself when you throw yourself into different cultures. And so it's, uh, it's, it, and, it, and you have such great connections as well when you meet different people. And actually, you realize that there are cultures within cultures in your own country. Mm. Very much, very much so, very much so. But what, I mean, just what led you to being interested in um, you know, sort of leadership and mindset and, and disruption? I think basically, uh, if we go back a long time to the age of seven, I was involved in a really uh, serious car accident. Um, in effect, a, a car actually drove into a shop. Uh, and I know that sounds crazy. A, a guy lost control of his car. He drove into uh, this shop and basically hit myself, my sister, and my mother. 
and we all nearly lost our lives. Oh, and as terrible as, as that was, what I took away from it was this importance of really um, the fragility of life and the importance of making the most of the time we have on this planet because life is, you know, life is so fragile. And so ever since then, I've been curious about what drives people, uh, how do you find your purpose? And this concept of leadership, I think, you know, we all need to be the leaders, the CEOs of our own lives from start to finish. So that's really where the, uh, the initial motivation and interest uh, stemmed from. Yeah, it's got a, got a, a deep one there. You know, that's a, yeah. a huge disruption there suddenly coming from nowhere, which I guess is a really, you know, a really interesting yes. analogy really for, uh, for disruption that's happening in business. And I, I guess I get a little bit of a theme of that. Um, I know your book is, is being published in the summer and you shared with me uh, a, a first a chapter of it. Yes. And uh, maybe a summary of it, and and I, I I noticed that in something that you said right up in the front of the book, which I thought was really really impactful. And that was you mentioned um, or asked people what is the significance of four eighty, one six eight or one hundred sixty eight and nine hundred sixty. So four hundred eighty, one hundred sixty eight, and nine hundred sixty. Do you want to explain what you meant by that? Well, I, I need to clarify right at the, right at the beginning that 480 is, is not the number of Leicester City wins, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, it's, these are significant. Three years, of course. Yes, exactly. <laughs> these are, I think, really significant numbers at a personal level and a business level as well. First of all, 480 is the number of minutes in an average working day. And that's absolutely significant because I think one of the biggest challenges you face now, uh, we face, whether you're an entrepreneur, a, a business person, uh, a CEO, a startup founder, is digital distractions, battles for attention. It's very difficult to actually stay focused on what really matters. So 480 is the number of minutes in, an, in, a, in a working day. Uh, the second number is 168, and that's the number of hours in a week. And again, it's very easy to, uh, to spend week after week being busy, but actually, what are you actually busy on? We spend a lot of time, but do we invest time? So 168 is the number of hours in a week, and it's very easy to squander that precious resource. And like throwing water in the desert, once it's gone, you can never recover it. That's the second number. The final number is probably the most uh, thought-provoking number. And it's a really uh, a big wake-up call for, for all of us. It's 960, and this is 960 months. Uh, this is the average mortality rate, if we're lucky, of a human being. And of course, it changes from country to country as well. But 960 months equates to 80 years of age. That's it. Just 80 years of age is 960 months. In days, it's 29,200. Now, my goal here is not to depress everybody or uh, provoke everybody to resign from their job immediately. But it's really to, uh, to be clear that we, are, we have this precious time on this planet. And as the saying goes, you make choices and choices make you. So 960 months, my, you know, what are you going to do with, the, with that time? That's really the takeaway here. So it's basically, it's basically a wake-up call, isn't it, to say... Uh, it's, 
it's a wake-up call. You know what it's like. We procrastinate. We, um, we don't take um, a, a calculated risk that could move us forward and help us grow. We uh, accommodate or put up with a job or a career that's not fulfilling. Um, so we, we accommodate so many things that do not uh, make us happy. And so, this, yes, it's a, it's a wake-up call. It's really a, an opportunity to unshackle and really think about, you know, what makes your heart beat faster? Um, what do you do that makes you feel more alive? These are clues, and you should move every fiber of your body in that direction. And there is a sense of urgency there, because after all, 960 months isn't a lot. Mm. So let's make the most of it. So how, how do you define disruption then, and why, why does it seem to be accelerating? Disruption is one of these words that's become uh, very popular in, in the lexicon of today. But actually, if you look back at history for the last millennium, it's been around forever. Um, the first telephone, the first printer, the first train. Disruption has always been part of life, and it's, it's, it's progress. It's the progress of humanity. It's the advancement of society. My definition of disruption is very simple. It literally means changes that are affecting how we think, how we behave, how we do business, how we live our day-to-day lives. And here's a, here's, here's a couple of examples. So I used to go to Blockbuster. I used to go to video stores uh, to get videos. And that was only a couple of years ago. Uh, now I download them within minutes uh, I used to stay in hotels, and I still do, but now, as you know, we can, uh, we can actually uh, use peer, peer-to-peer sharing and stay in other people's homes. I used to have a telephone. Uh, I don't have one anymore. Uh, so these are real-life examples of uh, disruption at a personal level, and it's affecting organizations as well. Yeah, so, well, you know, the fact that we're doing this radio show right now is uh, yes. affecting you know, commercial radio stations around the world because uh, people can do this kind of thing with technology, it's, it's span the world. It's, it, you know, it's incredible. I was on a flight recently and you know, I could access internet at 38,000 feet and you think about the technology behind that to provide you with that type of connectivity. You know, and I think that's, that's one of the core engines of disruption, which is, which is technology. And it's becoming a lot cheaper now to set up a business. Um, you know, the, the costs uh, to innovating and testing ideas are coming down day by day. And so it's an exciting time, I think. You know, the, the, the pace of change is truly breathtaking. It creates uh, opportunities and risks. But I think with the right mindset, the leader's mindset... Anybody can really, you know, this is an unprecedented time to really uh, maximize your potential and, and uh, grab that 960 months for yourself. Excellent. Now, oh, you said that in, in, your, in the, the, the document that you sent me through that, that today um, the future belongs to a mindset that is wired differently. Um, what do you mean by that? such a key question and really it really has to do with the not just change but the speed of change so a couple of statistics uh, the recent world economic forum in davos um, what the experts are saying is that around 40 percent um, even up to 50 percent of jobs as we know them today in america 
are at high risk of uh, automation. And that's going to happen within our lifetime, within the next uh, you know, 10 to 15 years. Um, over 65% of children born today, so our children, our children's children, will work in jobs that don't exist yet. Add to that the dimension that uh, we're looking at a 100-year lifespan now for uh, the millennials. And really, you, you, to, to thrive in that environment, you're going to have to uh, have a couple of strategies in place. And I've got three here. So the first one is you're going to have to own, you, own who you are, be the CEO of your own life. And uh, number two, you're going to have to be a lifelong learner, learn, unlearn, relearn. So be, embrace change. Don't just uh, react to change, but uh, embrace and initiate and anticipate change. So that's number two. And I think number three, you're going to have to turn up the dial on that daily courage and I call it uh, 20 seconds of daily courage. It could be saying no to a request or a demand of your time and attention. It could be saying no to um, something which is no longer causing you uh, happiness. So these, these are key strategies. The, the mind has got to be wired differently in order to um, embrace and win in the age of disruption. If you focus on a status quo mindset, or a comfort zone mindset, or a hope that this doesn't affect me mindset, the danger is you'll become the status quo, or you'll become a bystander, and I call this a Kodak moment. No one wants <laughs> that. <laughs> no one wants a Kodak moment. We've seen yes. lots of casualties wow. of a Kodak moment over the last couple of years. And the number of companies failing is going up. And so uh, staying nimble, um, adaptable, embracing change, anticipating, grabbing opportunities. This is the new wired mindset, which is critical. It's a non-negotiable. Uh, I don't think uh, Kodak, when they came up with that phrase of Kodak moment, or ever anticipated it was going to be used in the way it is today. I know, I, I know. And it, it's, you know, it, it really is, uh, it says so much about the age of disruption that it's a time for the Davids to really um, challenge the Goliaths, as it were. So, you know, for example, WhatsApp is another great example of this organization. Look, it took the telephone, um, took the telephone 75 years to reach 100 million users. It took WhatsApp less than three years, and it took the game Candy Crush less than 12 months to reach 100 million users. This is the age of disruption. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. And I think that, uh, that point you make there about, you know, dialing to, uh, you know, a daily, some daily additional courage, I think is really important. And uh, I think that there was, today there are so many opportunities, particularly in this digital age, that I, I'm certainly finding flying towards me all the time. And it means you've got to be brave sometimes and say no more than you might have, uh, but or the points of time really um it's a lot of wisdom yes if there's one action to do more it's saying no saying no more in order to really focus on the, on the signal and and cut through the barrage of noise absolutely well, we're going to go to commercial break now and after the break we're going to look at uh, what moonshots are and we're going to look at uh, the leader's mindset and the different characteristics of it um so we're back with you again in just a couple of minutes <laughs> When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper and if you'd like to receive uh, just occasional information on uh, on the show and the, the guests and the uh, my, my few thoughts and takes on some of those. Uh, then just go to the chriscooper.co.uk and do subscribe, sign up to the uh, communication, just top right-hand side of the page there. Now, before the break, we were talking about um, the fact that you know, our, mind, we need, our mindset, leaders' mindsets need to be wired uh, differently. We were talking about uh, the need to be a lifelong learner, to turn up the dial on your daily courage. Uh, so... What, um, what, Terence, are the sort of key characteristics, do you think, of uh, a leader's mindset um, outside of the principles that we've just shared? Yes. I think one of the key principles is what I call simplify, 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 and cross out the first two simplifies. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much complexity now uh, that this ability to really uh, clarify, focus, and stay focused on, what, on what's important is a critical skill. And it's not easy because of all those uh, distractions. And, you know, look at the iPhone. I, I love the iPhone, for example, but I look at it 150 times a day. Yep. And every time you are interrupted or being self-interrupted, the science says that it can take up to 25 minutes to recover and get focused again. And so if you start doing the maths behind that, you can see why it's very difficult to get things done. And so a key principle is simplify your day, simplify how you approach your, your challenges and your projects, and really push back and protect those precious minutes as well. And that's a key 
key principle for managing and uh, uh, harnessing your mind. And how do you, how do you do that if you're People may be listening here and they're working in organizations, extremely busy environments, maybe getting 100 emails a day. How do you really make sure that you, you simplify that and avoid interruptions? Because uh, that's a really interesting statistic. That's 25 minutes to refocus uh, when you know, people are continuously on email. And it's, 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 a, it's a massive universal frustration issue. The Japanese have a word for it, karoshi. Karoshi means death at your desk from stress. Uh, and it's, a fate, it's a fate that uh, we need to avoid at all costs. I think it starts really with clarity of purpose. If you know what's important and it's aligned, it's matched with the purpose, the priorities of, of the department, uh, your boss, the business, and then it's easier to push back. But time is not about managing time. It's about managing other people's expectations. And that's a, another key principle from the leader's mindset, that it's, it's not actually managing your time. It's managing other people's expectations of you. I would say manage your time, budget your time like money. So we have time debt and time credit. Time debt is when you don't plan, you react, you don't look forward, you don't anticipate, you're never proactive. And of course, that debt grows. and You have to pay the debt in the form of stress and last minute reaction. Time credit is where you invest time rather than spend time. You have a plan, you protect it, you anticipate more, you initiate more, you manage expectations, you negotiate, and that time credit means that you are more in control. And so that's, a, that's a, you know, some key principles to take away in terms of, yes, we spend time, but let's make sure we invest time as well. Yeah, I think uh, it, it is part is an atti- attitude and a discipline, isn't it, to to really get onto the front foot with how you manage your day, your diary, uh, and ensure so difficult. focusing on and you're focusing on your core intentions and not getting pulled from pillar to post to do things that might be just nice to do. Yes, exactly. Um, so, so what, I mean, one of the things that you also mention in the uh, the article that I read, the book that I read. Chapter, sorry, um, was moonshots. Now, what are yes. moonshots? Moonshots is a really uh, exciting technique for disruptive thinking. And what I mean by that is thinking bigger, thinking bolder, thinking brighter. It was uh, invented by a physicist called Astro Teller. Mm. He heads up Google X. A great name. Yes, you couldn't make this up. So that's his real name, Astro Teller. He's a British physicist, and he heads up Google X, which is a moonshot department at uh, Alphabet. And the principle of moonshot thinking is that generally, most people, most organizations think about incremental improvements. So they'll say, how can we grow by 10%? How can we improve by 15%? And the thinking is just too small. You're not going to disrupt a business model or disrupt an industry or grow exponentially by using incremental thinking. And we do it in our own lives as well. We often think too small. So the purpose of moonshot thinking is to really push you and challenge that, that small thinking by thinking on a much grander scale. What it means is, how could we uh, benefit a billion people in a year? 
Um, how could we uh, grow by up to 10 times? So we're looking at 1,000% improvements. Now, the idea is you're probably not going to even get to 70% of a moonshot goal. But by aiming for the moon, you're going to disrupt your thinking, go way out of your boundaries, and probably arrive at a future, an opportunity that you didn't think was possible. So moonshot thinking is a critical technique for thinking bigger and pushing yourself further. Some real-life examples of moonshots, Elon Musk, well, he's, he's a, I think, uh, the doyen of moonshot thinking. He's got the Tesla X, for example. He's looking to invent uh, what's called the Hyperloop, which will take people from uh, Los Angeles to San Francisco Bay Area within 35 minutes. Now, to achieve that, this Hyperloop, which is a, a people carrier, will go up to 700 miles or kilometers an hour. So that's an example of a moonshot. Wow. I know, exciting stuff. I guess Branson's... Uh Branson's venture that he's working on taking people into space. That's exactly that's a moonshot. Mm. Uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, non for profit, one of their moonshots is to wipe out malaria and polio within the next 10 years. That's a moonshot. Uh, Project Loon, which is to provide internet to everybody on the planet, that would be an example of a moonshot. So the idea is you can apply moonshots, it doesn't just have to be. To you know, at such a grand scale, you could apply a moonshot goal to your own life to say, okay, where am I right now? Am I, do I have a job? Do I have a career? Do I have a calling? You know, what can I do to really ensure that I'm bringing my best self to work? So you can apply moonshots to your own life as well to really launch you and and maximise your potential. Very good. You just put a new um, phrase there in my vocabulary, moonshots. I'll be talking, about, <laughs> talking to my team about that. Yes. I think in every organization and at a personal level as well and, and, and with your family, you know, have a moonshot goal to aim for. We've got 960 months. You know, we're all thinking too small. And the problem is today's thinking, yesterday's thinking is not going to solve the big challenges which we face. You know, climate change. Uh, geopolitical uncertainties. Um, yeah, there's some massive threats and issues that face our planet. So moonshot thinking is the answer. Uh, I, I was spent some time this week with uh, <laughs> a gentleman uh, who I mentioned in my book, um, Andy McMenemy, who's the world ultramarathon record holder. And he, we were doing some work in my, my house on Tuesday, and he was sharing with me some of his slides from his adventures. And he, he decided um, to do 66 ultramarathons in 66 days in 66 cities, um, which was an incredible beat. But what he, he also did, which was, I guess, is a moonshot, but there was also another moonshot occurred on day two when he tore his Achilles tendon. Uh, and incredibly, they managed. He, he, his team thought everything was all over, but he, he insisted they were going to continue. And within about sort of fifteen or so days, it, it, the the through a lot intensive physio and the likes, and uh, and take using lots of advisors around the world to make recommendations. Um, it it mended itself. It, it was the first really in ever, ever sort of known. So it's incredible what you can do with those kind of moonshot this ideas. Is- you know the uh, the capacity of the human is uh, you know it's it's often I think it's limitless. I, you know, I came across an inc- a really inspiring story recently of a a lady from Manchester. She's uh, just celebrated her 90th birthday, and you know she was born in the 1920s. 
difficult times after the First World War, Great Depression. She was, an, you know, she's a super bright woman, always had the dream of going to university, but, you know, responsibilities and life got in the way. Last year, she um, received her bachelor's for commerce at the age of 90, and her 23-year-old granddaughter also received her degree um, at the same time from the same university, the Ma- University of Manchester. So yeah, another, you know, another example of this, uh, this, this incredible spirit of, of courage and determination and really making the most of that time that we have. Well, I guess also just an example like that, I mean, you know, the, lady, the lady got a degree, but actually the impact of her doing that through you know, people like ourselves talking about that's hugely inspiring to many, many people. So the, yeah. the inspiration she created in the wake of achieving that is considerable. I really believe so. And it's easy to procrastinate on your own life or focus too much on the past, regret, for example, or allow fear of failure to stop you from even trying. And these sorts of people are, you know, inspirational and we can, uh, we can learn and grow as a result of them. So why, uh, why is uh, an 80-20 uh, significant here? Do you want to just explain that? 80-20 is really a practical shortcut to being more effective. So being more effective, which for me means focusing on doing the right thing rather than things right. It means focusing on the result. And it's, it's Pareto's law. Pareto was an economist who really identified this, uh, this pattern of behavior, which is basically 80% of your um, inputs will... Um, uh, 80% of results, sorry, will come from 20% of inputs. So you've got to be really clear, careful and clear. What are you working on? Because approximately 20 to 25% of what you're working on will create 80% of the outcome and the result. And the simple truth is that often we're spending so much time being busy. But what are you actually being busy on? And it's a key question that everybody needs to, uh, to evaluate. What are you being busy on right now? It's so easy to get lost in the noise. So 80-20 is really a simple shortcut to say, okay, um, where am I getting my 80% of results from? And what are the 20% of activities, leadership activities, day-to-day work, which are producing the most significant results, that 80% results? This is what it means. A bit more time on, time on it. Um, Excellent. I think that's really well worth thinking about people having a a look at what they're doing right now and thinking, where are the 80% of my results coming from? And um, should I spend, you know, more time focusing on, uh, on putting energy into where the results are coming from and less on things that are are not added value or taking me towards my moonshots or or goals. Now, now, if you want to become a, you know, somebody who really shapes the future, uh, are there any other kind of principles that you think are are relevant for people to take on board? We've got about four minutes before we go to commercial break. Great. Well, a, a quick story then. And this is a, an individual who I greatly admire. His name's John Wood. He used to be a senior executive at Microsoft. One day he decided to go trekking in Nepal just for adventure. And during that uh, trek, he visited a local school in Nepal and there were no, no books in the school, zero books. And the headmaster said to John, John, if you ever come back to Nepal, please bring some books. John knew that at that, that moment, his life would never be the same and he could not go back to Microsoft to sell software. 
he quit his job and he went back to Nepal with his father. They rented an old yak and they put 50 books on the back of it. That was 10 years ago. And John has been shaping the future ever since. He set up an, a charity called Room to Read and he's got a moonshot goal. His moonshot goal is to really uh, reduce global literacy, to neutralize the global literacy, illiteracy around the world. And he wants to, he has donated so far over 20 million books to uh, underprivileged kids. Wow. So, you know, a real example of shaping the future. When I met John and interviewed him for my book, he said to me, it's always possible to have a second brilliant act in life. And finding your, uh, finding your purpose, clarifying what really matters. So start with why. You know, what impact do you want to make? What is your purpose? Where do you feel most alive? This is the, uh, the foundation, the DNA of shaping the future. And so John Wood, uh, Room to Read charity, he is a, a living example. He's a living purpose and a great example of a future shaper. Mm. And, and it's, what I find it fascinating, I don't know if you're, you're, you're the same, when you meet people like this who have you know, come upon a moonshot and they've decided to, you know, to go for it, actually, they're just like you and I, you know. Yes. But, they just, but they've uh, come upon an idea. And I sometimes think of you know, ideas coming, you know, seeking a home <laughs> as much yes. as you're seeking them. But you know, sometimes those ideas come to the right home and you know, normal people get uh, really engaged by that idea and, uh, and it sort of kicks in and sits in the mind and they keep working towards it. And eventually they've achieved something quite phenomenal. It's this, the biggest takeaway for me when I met uh, John is, you know, this idea that you've got a duty of care to yourself and it does take courage. But, you know, the alternative is often we just accept a status quo or a way of life which is so uh, unfilling. And so, you know, it's really about embracing the opportunity and, you know, get on the rocket ship. Act. Act. Yes, because you, you don't receive anything without acting. Exactly. Uh, which, is, which is where, really, your, your point about turning up the dial on, daily on courage comes from. Yes, that, that's, that's um, you know, after the break, I'll talk a bit more about that, and the, I'll share another piece of research from my book called Sisu, which is a Finnish word, Sisu, and it's like a Viking spirit, and we all need more Sisu in our lives. Fantastic. Well, do, do join us after the break when we're going to find out more about Sisu and, and how you can uh, put more Sisu into your life. Uh, so we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. 
What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You were tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Terence Murray. We're talking about the leader's mindset and how to win in the age of disruption. And Terence, um, I'm kind of intrigued by this whole area of risk taking. And yes. you know, when you are pursuing a moonshot, it does feel like there's a lot of risk. Um, how much risk do you need to take, and can it be done safely? <laughs> yes, it's it's a good question, and obviously there are there are different levels of risk, and I would never advise that the risk is uh you know has uh, uh liabilities for health or put you in any sort of danger uh, you know all risk uh, comes down to one word fear uh, and it could be fear of failure which is which is a big one which stops us from even taking the risk this is about intelligent risk risk taking and a great technique uh to use is really um, you know, package the risk like a project. So if you've got an idea, it could be to start a business up, for example. I would prototype the idea, test it, build it, learn from it. And that way you can mine your learning. You can mine the failures as well or the setbacks for learning. But um, as Mark Zuckerberg says of Facebook, not taking a risk is a risk. And the key point here is that in the age of disruption, when the speed of change is accelerating so much, Hope is not a strategy. Uh, status quo is not a strategy. So if you're not in the game, you might find that you, you become the status quo. Yeah, yeah. I think I, think, I look like that uh, Zuckerberg quote as well. I mean, a man there who's taken what to many would be enormous risk and must have been you know, cr- cranking up the dial in terms of courage every day unless yes. it really naturally sits within him. Um, however... In to move forward, you've got to be taking you've got to be taking steps, which to many other people may be risky. And I guess some of those can be you know, a bit more calculated with with some kind of research and evidence, and to to help you feel confident in that. But but those organisations can't have spent huge amounts of time doing that unless they've uh, invested lots of resource in it because they've moved forward so fast. This is exactly it. In in the book, uh, I looked at the story of WhatsApp, which is another incredible story of courage and risk and Sisu, 
which is this ability to to face adversity and be determined and show grit and resilience. And one of the co-founders of WhatsApp is a, a guy called Jan Kum. He was born in a small rural village just outside of Kiev in Ukraine. And difficult childhood, a really difficult childhood. At the age of 14, he had to flee the country with his mother. He never saw his father again, and he moved to San Jose. Uh, the family struggled. Uh, mother was a housekeeper. And, uh, you know, when you think life can't get any worse, his mother got cancer, a very aggressive form of cancer. And very sadly, she passed away a couple of years later. So here you've got uh, Jan. He's in a new country and can't speak the language. He's lost all his family, but he's still got hope. And he joined, he's, he's super intelligent. So he, he completes his uh, degree. He joins Yahoo. And at Yahoo, he meets a guy called Brian, Brian Acton, who becomes like a father figure, a mentor, and, and ultimately the co-founder of WhatsApp. And what's great about the story is that they just, they just didn't give up. They applied for jobs at Facebook. They applied for jobs at Twitter. And I've even got their Twitter feed. And it shows, you know, applied, uh, went for an interview at Twitter today, got rejected. Uh, sure. Went for an interview at Facebook, got rejected. You couldn't make this up. It'd be a great story for a film. <laughs> a couple mm -hmm. of years later, they get a call from Mark Zuckerberg. And ultimately, WhatsApp gets, per uh, gets acquired by Facebook for over $19 billion. Wow. Now, they only have 55 employees, wow. although, although I hear they're hiring. Now, Marriott International has a market cap of about $17 billion and over 120,000 employees. WhatsApp, over $19 billion and 55 employees. And it's, you know, it's another true story of risk-taking, sizu, which means not giving up. And you know, we all face our own Mount Everest at some point. Could be an accident, could be uh, an illness, could be being made redundant. How you choose to galvanize yourself is the difference between a leader's mindset and uh, a follower. I'm wondering, one of the things I'm, I'm kind of wondering listening to you and thinking about you know, some of these guys like Mark Zuckerberg who uh, you know, are, are young, there's people in the 20s and 30s who are really uh, you know, ch changing, I think their minds are wired uh, differently. How do people in their 40s, 50s, 60s who are in the workplace and are entrepreneurial, how do they best adapt to today's mindset? It's a key question, and the, the example of the 90-year-old lady doing her degree, I think, you know, gives us all inspiration and hope. I think there are a couple of key strategies that you need to focus on. So number one would be adopt a beginner's mindset. Be curious. And number two would be be teachable. So be open to learning or unlearning and um, so number two is really about being teachable and, and learning. Number three is uh, surround yourself with multiple mentors. That includes people younger than you as well. So having, being, being plugged into different networks, I think, is a shortcut to rapid learning and can also provide you with that support network. Uh, the Danish have a name for this. They call it HUGA. It's one of their Legos uh, values, HUGA which means together. And I think if you've got a safety net surrounded by multiple mentors, a safety, a safety net, that gives you a, a launch pad as well. So those are some key principles here uh, to focus on. That's a really, really good point that, you know, taking on mentors who are 
who are younger, maybe mentors. That's counterintuitive. It is, and, and, and in the generation of your target audience. I remember having a conversation with a, a young man who'd been quite put off by having spoken to a professional speaker who told him he was too young to be a speaker, but a really, really bright lad. And I was just saying, you know, what being, being so articulate and uh, a, a great coach and a great trainer is actually there was there's so much people could learn from him about his age group. You know, if he was yes. coaching senior leaders, don't see your age as a disadvantage. And I, I think it's great to hear you saying, making suggestions like that. It's, you know, I think a point that we all forget, we all suffer from the self-imposter syndrome where what we think we know and what we think other people know is, you know, we always think they know more than us. But there's one key point here that we should all keep front of mind, which is this. You know things that nobody else knows on this planet. There'll always be something, an experience, an insight, a connection, a thought, an idea, which is personal and unique to you and nobody else will know it. And so it's, you know, it's, don't forget that is a key message to all our listeners. Mm, yeah. I think it's when, when you find your authentic self, yes. the, or the best, but the best version of your authentic self, I think that's when you're, you're most powerful. Absolutely. So I'm kind of intrigued that you have a 65,000 person Twitter following. I think that's probably one of the largest Twitter followings uh, I've, co- I've come across out of all of the shows that I've done. I'm kind of intrigued as to how you achieve that and whether you've got any recommendations around social media for people who are listening to the show to help them connect and potentially generate uh, more business. The social, whether you love it or hate it, it's, it's a way of life now. In fact, when I look at my little niece, I call her my CTO. Uh, CTO, that stands for Child Technology Officer. <laughs> most, most, <laughs> most families have one. Uh, usually the youngest member of the family who can do all sorts of things with the iPhone and the iPad, which you, you can't comprehend. And, and, and so the social media is key. And I think the first, the first action is have a strategy. You know, what is your strategy? What do you want to achieve through your social media? Number two is curating, uh, uh, curating great content because that really uh, will be a magnet. So uh, choosing the right content, which uh, is uh, thought-provoking, interesting, uh, makes a difference. So number two is really around making sure that you're uh, creating the right content for the audience, and that will bring them back. It has a stickiness to it, and it also creates a, a snowball effect. So number one, have a clear strategy. Be clear about what is it that you want to achieve exactly through social media. Number two, uh, match it with the right content, which it should be fresh and original. And number three is create multiple communities. And you do that through uh, having one-to-one connections, uh, affiliating with different uh, bodies and associations, identifying opinion leaders, because these opinion leaders are also very powerful and visible. In, you know, what they say echoes throughout social media. Um, so affiliate, you know, partnering with uh, opinion leaders as well. These are three uh, key uh, actions which can elevate your social media presence to a whole new level. Yeah, I really, really got that actually in the last, in the last two or three weeks. Um, I 
I, Dr. Ivan Meisner, the founder of BNI, very kindly uh, produced a book review and put it as a blog of my book and put, put it as a blog post on his website. And incredibly, it had something like about 280 shares on Facebook and Incredible. 110 on LinkedIn and, and just realized, you know, how, because then those communities will then be sharing with their communities and, and just realize how impactful, you know, how much uh, impact those opinion leaders do have. The reach that they have is phenomenal. It's, it's exciting. It's so exciting, isn't it? It creates this, uh, you know, this, uh, this effect, this snowball effect, which resonates around the world. And th- that's one of the key uh, things which excites me about uh, the age of disruption, which is we now have access. We have access to a mobile ecosystem of over 3 billion people. You know, just by going onto um, the App Store or Google Play, you literally have access to over 300 billion people. Incredible. <laughs> so, you know, if you're thinking about starting up, you know, doing a startup, get started uh, because I don't think uh, these are unprecedented opportunities for reinventing who you are and what you stand for. Great. And do you have a final message or messages that you'd like to leave us with for about a minute? Uh, uh, final message, really, and it, I think finishing where I started, which is 960 months. Steve, the late Steve Jobs, a, a guy I greatly admired, uh, you know, he said, your time is precious. Don't waste it living somebody else's life. Yeah. And so the final message I want to leave with uh, all your listeners is, you know, don't waste your time uh, living somebody else's life or uh, fulfilling somebody else's purpose. It's time to wake up Go in the direction of where you feel most alive, move every fiber of your body in that direction and make the most of your time. So, I, you know, that's, that's the key message that I want all the listeners to take away. Terence, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. You're very, very welcome. If you want to find out more about Terence Maori, go to info at terencemaori.com. That's T-E-R-E-N-C-E-M-A-U-R-I.com or visit... Um, www.amazon.com slash the hyphen leaders hyphen mindset hyphen world hyphen disruption slash dp slash 16304787844 and if you didn't get that because that's quite um, quite lengthy then we'll also put that on the blog post on chriscooper.co.uk and it'll be in the newsletter as well um, that the next one that goes out so if you subscribe to that you receive all of that information um, so wonderful to have you again um, Terence and uh, for next week's show excuse me um, it, we've got Simon Davis and Simon Davis is talking to me about big ticket offers and that is really how to create additional products and services that um, bring in lots of cash and revenue and add even more value over what you're doing uh, right now at the moment. Um, and this was really relevant to you know, any organization that offers um, products and services is to think how can you create additional uh, revenue and additional offers from what you're already doing and what you already know and, and leverage that. So do join us again next week with Simon Davis. And I do wish you all a wonderful week. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.